0: chaos garner and you're listening to the solo nerd podcast today i'll be speaking with director bj turner the third here to promote his short film my heart is that eternal dream a queer romance action film now on kickstarter welcome bj
1: hello thanks for having me on the show
0: well thanks for joining us today but um outside my introduction who is bj turner the third in his own words
1: um well i'm just a weirdo who likes making cool art was probably the simplest way to put it um I just I grew up in Arkansas, Um, always loved watching like weird genre stuff on uh, VHS tapes, stolen from my uncle and stuff like that, Um, and uh, kind of like fell in love with uh, making movies. And so, basically what I've always wanted to do.
0: Yeah, I I think everyone has that weird uncle who likes stuff other than our parents, because I did the same thing too, where I was sneaking to his VHS cabinet, because I found his key, and I would unlock it and watched like Mel Brooks films when I was like eight years old so <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I think it was like Young Frankenstein and then uh Blazing Saddles um which I shouldn't have been watching at all um I forget the other stuff but yeah just sneaking into his stuff and he introduced me to a lot of other things I guess alternative stuff yeah, that yeah. where typically um our parents wouldn't want us watching but yeah. um
1: Specifically, I was going to mention that I remember being like, uh, I don't know, I think I was like eight years old when the first Men in Black came out. I was a little too young for it. My parents didn't want me to go see it, but my uncle was like, "Hey, you want to go like uh, grab a burger and get some ice cream?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then as we were leaving, he was like, "By the way, we're going to go watch Men in Black," and so that was how I ended up seeing Men in Black.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like. I think we all have a weird uncle that does or uh, the cool uncle. Yeah. Or aunt, I should say, but um. <laughs> what is my heart is that eternal dream about
1: um so the basic premise is that it's a uh, it's kind of like a um, romance love story set within um the world of like professional assassinations uh, one of the things I like to do is like take like big Hollywood like kind of uh magical like mythical ideas but bring them down to the real world and so it's like uh what what would it be like if you were actually a hitman? You'd probably hate your job just like everybody else. The pay's probably not great. You've gotta work with people you don't like, your boss is demanding. Um, and then you're kind of just trying to create your own piece of happiness inside of like the hand you've been dealt. And so it basically follows specifically these two women who are in a relationship. One of them wants to quit her job and move away, like quit being an assassin. And the other one's like in love with like the thrills and everything and wants to stay where she's at. Um, And so it's kind of the conflict between those two two mindsets. And then the complication is uh, one of the girls has an ex who also works with them. Um, And it just so happens that since uh, the first girl's trying to leave, the boss wants her to be taken out Um, and gives the job to her ex. So the ex has this whole like, you know, oh, do I just go ahead and uh, just kill her, get all that sorted out that way? Or do I find a different way to resolve all of these feelings?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So could you, I guess, elaborate a little bit more on the creative process on my heart is an eternal dream as a whole. So I guess just a thought in your head, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how did you come up with it? Where did it come from? How did, how were you inspired by it? To working on it, as a complete work and then now promoting it. Cause I, I believe it's like pretty much done already, right? You have everything done. It's just more of just, cause you said it's, it's, it's going to be made anyway, from what I remember on the Kickstarter, right? So it's going to be made regardless, but it's nice to have that cushion of money for, you know, for the crew and the actors and the special effects and things like that. So, yeah. So just like as a thought in your head, so working on it to fleshing it out, you know, filming it and writing it and, and whatnot. So now promoting it on Kickstarter.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Um. It really it all started with like like an image in my head. I'm I'm a big fan of like uh like bizarre like 80s 90s Japanese media, and I really got into this subgenre called V cinema, where they're like theaters weren't doing great in the late 80s in Japan. Um. So they decided to start focusing on the uh, home video market, but it was actual like full theatrical film studios making stuff that only went straight to video so it's a higher production value than like regular straight to video stuff um and it's uh but there weren't any sensors so they were kind of free to do whatever they want and there's a lot of weird stuff stuff that I wouldn't recommend checking out but there's also a lot of really cool stuff because it was a place for a lot of people that didn't get like very much recognition within the regular theatrical like uh, system they were kind of given just a little bit of money and free reign they're like we need three movies a year to keep this thing going and so they would they focused rather on having like, you know, big elaborate sets and um, like massive long winded stories and just having really cool artistic pieces. And a lot of it is uh, very stylish with the lighting and the way it's um, filmed. And there's a like subset within that. that's a lot of like uh, queer media um, and a lot of like female led stuff that like, again, because they weren't being pushed down by the, the-, uh, the theatrical system the way that they normally would. Um, they're kind of free to expose. And that's kind of like the stuff that I discovered that had all these like really cool images and all of that. And those ideas were just like swirling around in my brain. And um, and I was like, oh, you know, like, let's do something with this energy. Let's just uh, write something. So it originally I wrote um, just one scene, which is the central scene of the conflict between the three women um, that the movie kind of like revolves around. I just kind of wrote that as a, like a single scene, just like an idea that came to me. Um, and, uh, we've been making a lot of low budget features, uh, with standard definition, the whole film crew that I work with. Um, and it's great. Uh, I love working with them and I'm, I'm going to keep working with them for forever, as long as I can. Um, but, uh, the downside with working with a crew is you can't move quite as quickly as if you were just an individual creative unit. Cause you know, we have meetings every week. Um, we work on the scripts together. We like plan everything out and get the production set up around all of our schedules. Um, but if, uh, and that's like having four creative leads so if we only have a singular voice behind that um it's a lot easier for me to like maneuver around my schedule and then I'm the kind of person that I don't mind like doing weird hours if it's what I have to do to get this other person to do it. but I can't necessarily force other people to so I started having this uh this hunger to like start making stuff again like faster than what we're actually doing um, and so uh, we had made our first feature film um, about a year and a half ago, we did it for only $2,000. Um, and we did it all around like our jobs and other, uh, other projects that we had going on. And so I thought, well, if we did that, what if I did something that was slightly lower scale and a little bit smaller, um, but essentially take the same principles um, and just make something in my spare time kind of like we've met a lot of cool artists and a lot of people who like just want to make cool things so what if we just kind of in our spare time build this other short film while we're making the feature that i'm working on with standard definitions in the background um and that idea hit me i was kind of like playing i wasn't sure if it was a good thing to uh follow through with Um, i didn't want to like take resources away from helping out standard definition but i kind of started playing with the script Um, and then i ended up showing it to one of my collaborators in standard definition uh sam and uh, he read the script, and he's he thought it was a great idea, and was actually like, "Go ahead and and uh, kind of a, like you know, as long as you don't like derail our major project, like do whatever you want to do, and we're behind you in any way that we can help, we'll we'll pitch in." Um, and so that was like really reassuring. I was afraid that if I was like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna go do this other thing," and they're like, "Are you leaving us?" I'm like, "No, I just wanna sort of make it th- breaking
0: up the band. You're breaking up the band, VJ."
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, Sam actually refers to our uh, group as like, he uses the band metaphor a lot. And so like a solo uh, side project is very much like the idea behind this sort of thing. Um, And so once I kind of gotten the like the blessing from them to kind of go off, take some of our resources, I I mean, like gear and that sort of stuff to make this other um, project, I was like, okay. then started fleshing out the script, started talking to some um, actresses I had met here through various film festivals in Austin. Um, other people that I was really wanting to work with, um, and just kind of got the ball rolling. And uh, we, I've, I wrote a whole script. I took it to um, the actors, um, got their input. I'm um, finishing out the final version of the script right now, which should be done in a couple of days. Um, and so once that all landed in place, there was kind of this moment of like, oh, it's it's real. I guess I actually need to build a schedule for it. Um, and so we started creating a shooting plan, um, how we're going to work it around everybody else's schedules. Um, and that was kind of the point where the Kickstarter popped up in my head. I was like, well, if I'm going to be doing this um with my own money, just kind of in my spare time, um, let's see if there's anybody else who like is interested in this sort of project, would they want to pitch in? Um, so I've, I've never done Kickstarter crowdfunding, anything like that before. Um, and just thought it would be, you know, at least worth a shot. The most I'm gonna, you know, the, the worst case scenario is I'm spending my own money, which is already the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And I think that's one of the benefits that uh, that we as a film crew have is like we've we so far we followed through in everything, no matter like what stuff has hit hit us. So I'm not concerned about finishing it or like if this Kickstarter fails, I'm not going to have the money. But I'm kind of curious to see how big of an audience there is, like if people are interested in this sort of thing, um, to kind of create like partially, you know, just a little bit of buzz for once the project's finished, because you know if people have talked about it, heard about it before then, you know, it comes back and there's the finished product. That's, you know, it, it just only, it's only going to help basically. And, uh, and then we launched the Kickstarter and here I am. And I kind of have no idea what I'm doing, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes.
0: Well, I mean, you, you made shorts and, you know, films on your own first, right. And then you um, went, joined a team with standard definition, right. And then now you're doing it on your own again, at least just, just this one project. So how has the, Transitions been from working on your own to joining a team to now. I guess you've gained all this experience with working with a team and even bringing in more experience and knowledge and you know wisdom from working on your own to now back to working on your own solo project. So how like how has it how has it been the the transitions in a way?
1: Um, that's a great question. It's it's been a it's been a very interesting process because uh, yeah, in high school and college. Um, I was kind of just uh, making a bunch of stuff on my own with my friends, uh, my sister, uh, anybody who wanted to be in front of a camera. Um, and that really taught me a lot about doing as much as I can with um, very little resources, just making the coolest thing available. Um, and uh, the the downside is then I moved to Austin planning to be like, hey, let's uh, I'm halfway through my film degree. Let's transfer, uh, finish my film degree in Austin. That's where everything's happening. This is like 10 years ago um and uh let's like see what we can do but then unfortunately I didn't realize that I moved away left everybody I knew behind and so everybody I had like worked with um they're no longer around and I don't really know anyone in the scene so I couldn't really find anyone to do anything um and so you know like seven or eight years end up going by while I'm just like working a job trying to slowly put something together in the background Um, And then finally, uh, one day I was just like, well, you know what, let's just make something, uh, see who there is available. And I was very fortunate to have met uh, Sam and Diana who are absolutely wonderful creatives in their own right. Uh, My sister had ended up moving to Austin um, just uh, shortly before all of that. And uh, I was like, I ended up talking to all of them, like, hey, I just wanna make this thing, see if we can. The original idea was to make a feature film in about a week, uh, which was a very ambitious idea um we had it was was kind of ridiculous uh but we had like a script that we got all of our actors together everything ready to go um and then like uh the the actress fell through one of we had five characters the four of us plus one other person and uh covid came in she got she got covid and was unable to do the project like three weeks before we go um and so that was uh we had to shift gears um, and that was really the formation of like us working together as a team. Um, it was kind of like a project I was spearheading before. Um, and then it fell through. And then since we're all creatives, we kind of like, well what we've got the time off. We've got the resources. We've got the camera and the gear. Like what do we do for this week that we've already blocked off? And my sister suggested, just let's make a bunch of short films. And so we all wrote a bunch of short film scripts um and worked together. And that was kind of like a real a real shift because uh, it was no longer like hey i'm making a thing i have an idea and i know what to like tell everybody to do while we're doing everything and it became this like uh like i've got this little piece but everybody else has their own piece and we're all like uh helping out and so uh, it was really it was fun but challenging to have to like wear different hats because I'm, um, you know i'm like writer director editor is kind of what i tend to do and then now i'm like you know camera guy pulling cables like running lights, doing all sorts of stuff for other people. Um, so it was uh, it was difficult in the like, I have to learn these skills sort of, uh, sort of way, but I, I love the people and I love their projects. So it was very easy. They're like all cool people to just fall um, into that. Um, the biggest challenge was once we decided, hey, this is something we want to do. Um, we had to like figure out how does this work? Like what's the hierarchy who, you know, who says has say over various different things? Um, And we kind of ended up putting together this very democratic sort of system where we all basically bring it to the table, uh, talk it out, projects that we want to work on, um, who's going to be in charge of that project, uh, and various things like that. We ended up writing something that uh, Sam and Diana called the werewolf clause, which is if somebody turns out to be just an absolute horrible person, you know, a werewolf, then like this is the thing we can pull to be like, okay, that group dissolves, walk away. We don't want to ruin our lives. Like Uh, the game?
0: Werewolf? the werewolf game like that game
1: yeah yeah basically
0: yeah. okay yeah. I'm like well, it sounds familiar I was like I wonder if that's the game basically <laughs> the werewolf game okay <laughs> yeah,
1: basically, and I think that was the biggest change for me like the part that was hard to get used to is when you work with a group there's a lot of bureaucracy that has to happen like you have to make sure everybody's on board or if they're not they're cool with you you know doing x thing or whatever um and so uh that was the, the two biggest things were having oversight and then moving slightly slower uh because we're now a unit um you know that like saying is uh you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together um Mm. and uh and then shifting back to the doing this one project it's that's actually I think has been the hardest transition is the doing one as a solo because I've kind of gotten used to having everybody there having my back um, and I know that if I let something you know slip, then one of them will catch it, like if something falls through the cracks. And I don't really have that safety net now um, anymore. So that's like the scariest part is uh is I don't have the team that's been supporting me the last little bit. Um and uh, I'm excited to you know try it out. That that'll be a fun challenge. But uh but also, you know, I love being able to count on them. Um and I think as far as like the transitions, that's the biggest things that have changed between the various modes of working
0: mm-hmm. so what do you think is the most difficult as- aspect of filmmaking that you've encountered that you feel like never gets easier
1: um honestly it's it's probably the fatigue um it's one of those things that you don't like realize while you're filming but you'll uh because you it's almost like adrenaline um you're like running but by the time you hit uh the end of a day you've actually like worked your body pretty hard that whole day um, and you're like Uh, Tired and sore, um, and that will uh, will accumulate over an entire like shooting schedule. Till by the end, you're like absolutely dying. You're like, I just need to sleep for a thousand years. Um, And we've done everything across the seventeen projects that we have made in the last two and a half years. We have we've made it easier every single time on us. We've had you know slightly larger budgets, more food, more caffeine, more people helping us out. Um, better scheduling so it all it it keeps going smoother but the thing that seems to never change is you are going to get tired you're only human um and uh it's easy to think like okay we've got eight hours here are the shots that are going to get done in that eight hours and we got our break here but the truth is everybody is going to be like falling apart by about halfway through the day um and then they'll just like slowly peter out as the day goes on and that's just the fact of like, you know, everybody who does their job by the time, you know, you hit three o'clock, you're just looking at the wall waiting for the, the f- for it to hit five o'clock. Um, and, uh, and so far, it's the one thing we've never been able to be, uh, to crack. Like, how do we keep people from getting tired?
0: Because,
1: mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it is a bit of a slog. It's fun, um, but it's, it's a, uh, it's kind of like, you know, playing sports or anything, you know, you, you have a lot of fun doing it, but it is wearing your body down all the whole time
0: yeah I've um recently started getting into acting and working background for like TV shows here that they did in the fall mm-hmm. and we're talking like at least 16 hour days right and it's just I mean and we're working background so we're just supposed to be there for spatial reasons and we're tired. Yeah. and then like I started doing like um scripted stuff for like short I mean not short films um student films and student uh TV stuff. And or I just say web series. And those aren't long. Those may be like it depends on when I have to be on set, but those can be easily eight hour days, six, eight hour days. And like you said, is it's the the adrenaline that helps you um carry on with the day. and you know, for me, it's like I just want to memorize my my lines. I'm not worried about anything else. I'm not worried about the lighting or the camera or anything. I'm just worried about my lines. And then as soon as I get the scene down and it's time for me to leave that's when it kind of all like falls down and I'm like oh I haven't eaten well I did eat but I don't think I tasted any of the food because i was so busy trying to memorize my lines in my head oh my feet hurt my back hurt And I gotta take this 45 minute drive back home or however where I came from <laughs> then I gotta deal with what I gotta deal with when I get home so yeah it's it's just you know we're human beings so, as much as capitalism thinks we're not, we're human beings, so. <laughs> but um, how has the reception been from audiences when you and your team, um, standard definition films, screen your shorts in your films or like when you submit them for festivals, like how is it received by people?
1: Um, so far, the po- uh, the reception has been very positive. Um, I've really enjoyed a lot of what people have to say. Um, a lot of our stuff is influenced by like uh, martial arts films, like Hong Kong action films from like the 80s and 90s. what My sister and I grew up um, watching. And so a lot of our earlier stuff, especially whenever it was kind of more of our creative voice as the other, like the group kind of like coagulated, um, uh, there's a lot of like that and I think that's something that people don't get to see too much of um these days like everything's gotten to the point where it's like it's very slick and it's like uh, special effects and like moving camera focused it's not it's more about like um like everything they can add to it rather than what's actually happening in the in the shot and that's one of our focuses is actually uh, it's, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, practical effects are better, but it's it's not as simple as that. It's, uh, it's about making something cool in camera that people want to watch. Um, and so far, a lot of people have uh, come to us being like, oh, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time, or I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we take our lived experiences like, you know, I'm, I'm Latino, my sister's trans, um, Diana is Native American. And so we, we take a lot of that influence and put it into the stories. Um, without trying to be too loud about it. We just kind of like want it to be there. Um, and uh, that seems to like really resonate with people because uh, um, it, it's. I love these movies, but it's, it's very easy to get bored of watching angry white men getting revenge. Um, and <laughs> just having a slightly different flavor, I think is something people react to. We actually just um, screened last night, uh, my sister, one of her martial arts uh, shorts, screened at the Austin Short Film Showcase. Um and uh the reception there was incredibly positive. It was very Jackie Chan style, like comedy action using props. And you know, it's like uh three, three punches and then a joke sort of setup uh thing. And and people really, really like it. And it's it's very heartening because we make stuff that we just um that we think is cool. We're not really concerned too much. I mean, obviously we want people to like it, but our goal isn't to make something marketable or to make something that everybody will love. It's to just make something that we want to watch, that we're gonna be happy with. But then you also end up in a space where when you're not thinking about, like, how does anybody react to it, then you go to show it to someone, you're like, oh, is it good? Like, I don't, I don't know if this is something the average person will like, since it's, it's so much of like, who I am in it. Um, and then so when people respond positively and give like that feedback, they you hear them laughing, you hear them gasping as like, a you know, gore or something like that hits the screen. Um, that's like a very, very uh, awesome feeling to just know it's it's very validating to know that people are enjoying it and that they like it um and uh and so far we haven't found any like mainstream success from anyone who will like pay us but the people who've seen our stuff seem to really like it and uh and that's very very heartening. Mm -hmm.
0: So what other advice because you get a lot of advice through your own experience as a filmmaker but um what other advice would you offer to other creators or filmmakers um you wish that someone would have told you when you first started
1: um honestly the uh the the biggest thing that I've learned is that it's easier than you think it is um and uh I know there's like a whole like section of like the like get it done like just do it sort of mentality um and I used to like just you know ignore all of that I'm like oh yeah but you've got resources you've got like you know Connections, the ability, or whatever. Uh, But the truth is, like, you actually can make just about anything. Like, it's still going to be difficult. Like, we we made our feature film, um, and uh, it was still difficult. But at the end of the day, it ended up being more achievable than we thought it was. Um, And I think that's something. A lot of times, people uh, they like build it up in their head, and they're like, "Oh, it has to be this amazing, perfect thing." Uh, I don't know if I can pull it off the way it is in my head. Um, I don't know if if I'll be able to get the resources or do that. Um, the, the truth is like done is better than perfect. So like just finishing something is like more important than making it the like beautiful idea you have in your mind. Cause if you make one thing, then that means you'll make another thing and you'll make another, and they'll just get better as they go on. And eventually you'll achieve that like golden idea you had, but really just just come up with something you can do. Um I we always talk about terms of minimal viable product. Like what's the smallest version of it you can make that will then still be the idea. And typically you get it down to there and then you make it even simpler and you make it at a level that you know you can achieve and then just follow through. Um, and a lot of times like I know in my my own life I've gotten to a point where like something didn't turn out the way I thought it would or the way I wanted it to. Um, it, it wasn't quite what I had imagined. And I'll get like halfway through it and be like, oh, I don't know if I even care about this project anymore. But the the thing that I found is if you go ahead and push through and finish that project, you tend to end up actually making something you like regardless. Um, and then once it's done, you can make the next thing. You don't, you don't get stuck on that. So I would just say biggest piece of advice, um, make something and then just follow through, finish it, and then make something
0: after that. hmm So throughout, I guess this whole process with uh, my heart is that eternal dream, or maybe even something you made with standard definition, something before that, something you did in school, you know, or whatever it may be, it might not even be um, your, your art, it can be something maybe in your personal life or work or with your friends, intimate relationships, your pets, whatever it may be, um, do you or have you ever gotten overwhelmed with trying to balance everything and how do you typically manage your mental well-being when you do get overwhelmed or when it does come to become too much
1: um yes absolutely there's definitely like i mean even even very recently uh standard definition just all the stuff we're juggling it it, it's very easy to be overwhelmed by um by everything um the uh like we're, we're currently in pre-production for our feature film that we'll be shooting later this year in the second half of this year uh, for Standard Definition. And um, so I'm juggling that while finishing editing on, um, we've got six short films that are finished, but haven't been edited yet. So um, a couple of us are in the editing bay with that on top of working on my um, my own solo project. And then I have my, my day job, the thing that actually pays the bills right now. And um, and juggling all of that can be a lot. And there's a lot of times where um i I have been overwhelmed, and uh, my my reaction tends to end up being just like shutting down. and then I just like stop and lock myself in my room and watch video game or watch movies, play video games, and then nothing gets done, and it just exacerbates the problem. Um, and so uh, in in getting deeper into this, uh, actually coming up with ways to handle that and uh, and work through it, um, has been very, very important. And the the biggest uh, thing that I have found is to just allow yourself to not like uh, hit a deadline. Um, there's a lot of times where uh, you can set your own, like you're putting pressure because you're like, I have to hit get this done by this day. So that this will get done by this day. And this will get done by this day. And it's possible to miss one deadline and then see all of the deadlines mounting. And then that kind of uh, that like self um, discipline, like the you're like punish yourself basically um on missing that and that can compound and make it harder to finish the next one and the i think forgiving yourself is just e- the like most important thing like oh hey you're only human you're not gonna you know that's fine unfortunately i work in a space at a lower known enough budget that like i can talk to everybody and be like cool let's like move this deadline around or something like that i understand in like a larger you know studio that might not be quite as easy but uh the ability to like just accept that you're human and you're not always going to succeed compounded with i have i'm fortunate to be surrounded by a group of really great people the the other three that i work with in standard definition we're we're really good friends um, we're very close and so when any of us are overwhelmed we we have a weekly meeting where we make sure everything is still on track for all the projects we're doing and one of our uh, our first action item on every meeting is our vibe check where we're like where is everybody at how's everybody feeling is anyone like need more time or overwhelmed um or is everybody like managed to clear everything out and we can go faster like you know we have that's like a very it's become a conversation we have every week with everybody just to make sure everything's good and i think uh, i think that's like the core of it is just giving yourself space to manage that and um to understand that you don't have to be a machine like you can you can just sort it out like figure out prioritize get it back on track
0: yeah yeah so is there um anything else that you wanted to touch on about my heart is that eternal dream that we may have missed as a whole Or maybe discuss some rewards for potential backers or any festivals that you know um you all are are involved in or any of your previous work that may still be out for others to enjoy
1: um absolutely yeah first of all on uh my heart is that eternal dream um, that one's one I'm super excited about. It's uh, we're gonna be trying some more like um, like weird kind of uh, visual stuff that we're gonna mess with. It's gonna be a little more minimalistic than uh, some of the other stuff we're doing, which is giving me like a little bit of freedom to be uh, to be weird. Um, and I think that's gonna be really fun. Plus, it's gonna it's gonna allow us to like play around with a lot of our action and stunts and effects that we do. Um, I think it's something people will be really interested to watch. Um, again, it's like. It's like a slice of life romance drama meets a hong kong acrobatic action movie um and the the thing that we're trying to do is not make that like a funny juxtaposition we're trying to make that like that's just a everyday sort of life thing and i i think that'll be a fun little thing that doesn't get seen a whole lot that i think people will enjoy um as far as backing um like i would encourage anybody watching go check it out you know don't you don't have to back if you're not in a space too but check that out. Check out Standard Definition. I'm sure you'll find something you like, Uh, but we do have right now on our um, Kickstarter, uh, you can get anything from a digital copy of the film once it's finished all the way up to, uh, we've got Blu-rays, posters, and stuff like that that'll be signed um, that you can uh, pledge to get. There's even a couple of bigger things like uh, we've got um, our very top tier is like Hey, you can be in the movie we need a handful of henchmen for a particular scene so if you want to be an extra in it like you know that's one of the tiers you can hit so there's there's lots of cool fun stuff for people to, to check out um and again if you if you're not able to donate like at least check out standard definition and uh the work of the other actors who are involved because i they've all got really cool stuff that they've made and i think uh you'll at the very least find something that you'll enjoy um and then uh, as far as like other projects, we, like I said, we finished that uh, feature film. Um, we filmed it at late 2021. It was finished editing early 2022. We hit our festival run. Uh, we've actually run, uh, hit a, um, sorry, won a handful of awards. Um, we got uh, uh, Spirit of Stuff at the South Texas Underground Film Festival. Um, and, uh, oh, just lost track of all them. We got like a, my brain just went blank. <laughs> Oh, yeah we're nominated for best film at uh, two different festivals um and then ourselves as a studio were are um, given an award as well for that uh that particular feature it's called part-time killer um the basic premise is that it's a trans woman struggling to pay for her bills and specifically her transition um and she ends up uh finding this app called Instakill that is essentially uber but for killing people you can someone you don't like, you just put them in this app, it'll find someone to kill them for you. And you pay that person, you're good to go, give them a star rating and everything. And uh, so she gets this app in order to pay for her transition. And then it's about all of the nonsense and trouble that she gets into as a result of downloading that app. It's an action comedy, it's a lot of fun. My sister stars in that one. um, And she is an incredibly goofy person. She's like a very physical actor in a very fun way. And so we really leaned into that. Um, There's lots of cool martial arts stuff in there. Um, and, uh, it, it's a lot of fun right now. Um, we're currently talking to some distributors, uh, to get it out on streaming. Uh, hopefully that'll be, you know, by the end of the year or early next year. Um, so I don't, unfortunately I don't have a place to, uh, to like send you to go watch it, but, uh, but it'll be out hopefully soon. And then, uh, so just keep an eye out part-time killer on standard definition Um, we actually have the trailer for it. So you can check it out, keep an eye on it. You know, um, that would be the biggest thing I would I would say to go do just check out the trailer. I'm sure you'll be excited. Um, and then uh just last thing is that we're uh we're doing another feature film later this year, um, which is set in a uh, dystopian future where all meat has been outlawed. And so there is an underground meat ring. Um, and we follow an FDA agent who has basically become like the FBI now, um, hunting down illegal meat trade. Um Except the twist is, since it's meat's illegal, it's very hard to, like, farm animals because you need space and lots of energy. Um, but 600,000 people go missing every year in America, um, so it's just cannibalism. It's an underground cannibal cult that's selling meat on the black market, and we follow a group of FDA agents who are trying to bust that particular rain.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. I mean, you, you still have to, i mean you still need the animals because people still like dairy and eggs right so yeah well
1: it's uh the idea is that it's like full uh veganism that like everything is shifted to so it's like no no animals no animal products or anything um
0: yeah.
1: and uh that's like there was a there's a a section in the backstory of the whole world where like uh this kind of shift happened and actually caused a global conflict where various different it wasn't like a Not like a full war, but like an economic war between various uh, nations, as it all happened, and the end result is this like militant vegan state. Um, But the thing that we're trying to do, uh, the the careful like line we're trying to walk, is uh, we're trying to poke fun at both sides because we're um, like we've got like the militant vegan and government, but also all of the meat eaters in the movie are like horrible, terrible people, like basically exactly the worst kind of people um, that like the vegans would point out to like this is why we don't we shouldn't be eating meat. And so that's the, the kind of the joke is we're trying to like hit that point where regardless of where you land on that particular argument, you can laugh at the movie still. Um because we're we're not specifically trying to say something about veganism. We're just trying to have fun in this world. Um but that's that's kind of the angle we're going at it for. Uh-huh.
0: Um does standard definition have a um IMDB page or
1: um yes we do. Um uh, I know that um, I created one at the very least at one point when I put, uh, when I uh, was putting all the links on there. Um, so I, I know I have an IMDB, BJ Turner the um, Standard Definitions uh, should have one, and then Part-Time Killer has an entry as well, our feature film.
0: Okay, I just wanted to know, because I see one here that um, Chloe and Nadia have an IMDB page, and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if the shorts they're doing, the films they're doing with you all are also on the IMDB page. And Emily, I see here as well.
1: I think I'm I don't know for sure, but I think I put my IMDB down at the very bottom. Um, but a lot of the shorts that uh that we've made are on IMDb.
0: Okay. Yeah, I see the web pages and the Instagrams on the Kickstarter. Gotcha. Okay. Well then
1: I'll go, I'll go and actually add that to the links then, both standard definition and mine. Um so people can take a look. And then standarddefinitionfilms.com has a link to, um, if you go there, it's like a landing page that has all of our socials and a link to all of the videos that have been
0: released thus far. Cool. Fantastic. I think Baltimore has a film festival, but I don't think, well, Maryland. Um, but I don't think they're actually having one, because I actually volunteer there, down here, downtown. So, but I don't think they're having one. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, go ahead you want
1: to say something um well uh, you just made me think uh, i just figured i'd go ahead and give them a shout out while i'm here um the atx short film showcase which is a local showcase here in austin that every month there they film seven or eight or show seven or eight uh, short films um, from local austin and texas filmmakers it's like a specific uh focus on local films um, and that was kind of like that was our very first screening over a year ago, um, that was the first time someone had actually accepted one of our shorts. Uh, we got it out there. We watched. That's where we met a lot of the people that we still work with today. Um, Justin, the guy who created it, is a really, really great guy. Um, so I just want to give them a shout out for being super awesome, and I would recommend any other filmmakers, especially uh, here in the Austin area. So at least go and check it out. It's the second Monday of uh, every month at the Spider House Ballroom. Um, and if you've got stuff, uh, submit it because they just love, they're hungry for local filmmakers and the stuff that's coming out from the, the Texas area.
0: Cool. You should probably have something like Day in Baltimore, <laughs> but uh, I don't know why. They probably do. I just need to look for it. Um, and I mean, in speaking of looking for stuff, um, has there ever been any issues with like, gatekeeping to try to get into festivals and certain things locally at least or you know things being hit behind paywalls as far as trying to get advice or you know information on things because i think that's a big issue with people who want to be creators but they don't really know where to start and everything is hit behind paywalls or you know gatekeeping
1: um well yeah and i would i would definitely say that that has you know that that is an issue that you can run into where like, uh, you know, you don't know who to meet. You don't, I, I, for seven years, you know, I was like, I don't know how to break back into it. I used to do it, but now I don't know anyone. Like what, how do I make it happen, uh, again? And, uh, I think the, the biggest like answer I could give to that sort of thing, uh, because we fortunately haven't experienced it too much, um, here just by nature of us, all of, all of us have, you know, done years of like doing our own stuff and kind of already like, broken through that by the time we came together and started working together. So standard definition itself hasn't really faced that. Um, I did in my college days just trying to be like, hey, I'm I'm a college kid making movies and nobody cares, you know, mm-hmm. um like I actually show it in front of someone. And I think the answer that we have found is just going to festivals, um, not even like whether you're showing anything or not. Um and then hanging out and meeting other filmmakers. Um, because that's actually where you're uh where like your future will lie. Um, A lot of people think, oh, I need to meet a distributor or I need to meet a producer or like studio exec, something like that to go up there. But the truth is you just meet other filmmakers who are making cool stuff, Uh, become friends with them, share your stuff with them, uh, work with them if you can, because uh, a lot of times just by having someone else who's seen your stuff and like it, they'll talk to someone, they'll spread it. Um, and top of a lot of people, especially at the, the lower budget level, um, like people who are still making short films, trying to break into the feature film uh, game, they are actually very, very open and willing to talk to you um, about all that stuff. Like they're very excited about making film. Um, and so I think the, like, uh, the trick through all of that is if you end up finding yourself hitting a wall is uh, stop trying to worry about like the industry or the people up at the top, it's go to the people at the bottom and chat with them and like at the very least you're going to get excited and you're going to end up making something with them and you know again just making more stuff is the secret to getting to like growing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly all right I think I've talked your head off enough (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right well again I want to thank uh the director BJ Turner III for joining us here today to promote his short film my heart is that eternal dream a queer romance action film now on kickstarter until april 9th all of bj's standard definition films socials and website will be listed in this episode's details alongside my heart is that eternal dreams kickstarter for those who are interested in supporting the film again i'm chaos garner and you've been listening to the solo nerd podcast thank you